0: Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to No Offense. Um, thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate it. Our guest is uh, Matt Cox. He was uh, convicted of mortgage fraud in 2002. A variety of different numbers have been thrown around. Defrauding the banks of 25, 50 million dollars. So, super happy to have him on, and uh, it's gonna be a good combo.
1: Yeah. How, right so,
0: yeah. Actually, though, how did you get into the whole mortgage game?
1: Um, you know, I was I I I had graduated college with a, a degree in fine arts. You know, and I wasn't going to be able to make money with that. Yeah. So I started doing you know I, I, and then I ended up getting my so as I was graduating, I ended up getting my insurance license, right so I could teach or so I could sell insurance. and I could also be an insurance adjuster. And so I became an insurance adjuster for about a year, and then I ended up working at working construction, like I got laid off. And I started working construction. And it was just something I had experience in because when I was growing up in, in, a, where I, I grew up in Temple Terrace, it's kind of like a suburb of Tampa. My best friend, his father owned a construction company. So every summer and weekends and stuff, we did construction. So I, I started working construction, which is a horrible, which is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and so. I ended up, I was dating a chick that was a stripper and she had ended up working for, yeah, I know. So (laughs) she got a job working for a subprime lender and she was like, you've got to do this. You, You have to be, you have to, you know, quit your, this fucking construction thing and, and you need to come and do this. You'd be great at it. So I went and I took the test. I passed the test. And I started selling or started, um, not selling, but whatever. I started brokering loans and, you know, I was personable. I didn't mind talking to people. I'm not afraid of rejection. And so, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, like the very first loan I did, I went into my manager's office and gave her the file and she looked through the whole file and she like, she was like, "Oh, Oh, great, 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 great. And put one piece of paper to the side and went boom, boom, boom. Okay. You know, great. However, this, your, your client was 30 days late on her rent in the last two years. And that's a deal killer. Mm-hmm. Like that was it. It was over. She's not getting <clears> the loan. And I remember she pulled out a bottle of white out and started shaking it up. And, and I go, oh my God, well, what do I do? And she goes, not a big deal. Not <laughs> a big deal at all. <laughs> oh my God. White it out, make a copy, stick it in the file. Underwriting will never catch it. Wow, and I was way. Like, wow. So, you know, but I trusted her. Yeah. And so- I thought, okay, you know, I'll, if she says, she said the worst that would happen is I'd get fired at the at, at worst.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She said, nobody's calling the FBI. Don't worry about getting in trouble. So I did it. And the loan closed like three, four days later. And fuck, I made a check for like three grand or something. It's oh, like 3,500 bucks. And I was, you know, and you were so, in it at that point. That, yeah. yeah. The, the next person came in, you know, they made whatever, $52,000. So they didn't quite debt <sighs> wow. to income ratio. But if they made 58,000, they would get the loan. Mm. So I changed the W-2s, stuck them in there, in the file. It went through underwriting. Boom, another check. And <sighs> it just kept going Did like the, that. Uh, Before you know, it, I'm closing four loans my first month, then six, then eight. Next thing I know, they're making me a manager six months <laughs> later. Six months after that, I own my own company. I, I started my own company. Six months. Wow. So, so it, it, it accelerated quickly then for you. Yeah. Yeah, when everything you touch, you know, turns to gold, yeah, then, you know, so you can take chances. And, and I had, you know, keep in mind, I have credit cards. So it wasn't like I made I had 100000 in the bank, but I, I did have probably $30,000 in, in credit cards that I paid off. So I had the ability to turn around and go open my own place mm. and put most of it on credit cards, which very quickly, as soon as I hired a bunch of guys, within a few months, you know, you're bringing in great money and your credit cards are paid off. So I'm back down to being flush and everything's good and I'm, and I'm, I'm making money and all these guys are coming in fraud too. they by this point, it was just a mill. Like I'm doing anything I have to do to make sure that those loans close because now it's, now it's me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, uh, that's how I kind of started off being a mortgage broker.
2: Did the people that were actually, you know, getting the loans, like your, your clients, did they know that you were doing that stuff on your end or your, your employees were doing that stuff as well? Like changing W-2s? the W2s? time.
1: There were some times when, let's say it's a, it's a W Mm two, like I'm going to change the W two. I'm never going to mention it to you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, why would I, right? Why would I mention that? So, but if it was something more like the guy doesn't have his down payment, Mm -hmm. but I can raise the purchase price to compensate. It, does it make sense? So I'll give you an example yeah. <clears throat> to use simple numbers. Somebody's buying a house for $100,000 and they have to put down $5,000. Maybe they don't have $5,000. So I would change their bank statements to make it look like they had seven or eight grand. Mm-hmm. And then the day of closing, we would, they bring the 5,000 or 6,000, whatever it was and in, and if they the guy was selling the house for a hundred thousand, I know my guy's only got a couple grand, so I would raise the purchase price to let's say a hundred and five thousand. He brings a couple thousand dollars, the bank lends a hundred and two or a hundred and three thousand. He brings his two thousand we really bring five or six, so it looks like he's putting five percent down, and then we just pull the rest of the money out like the seller. Gets a little bit of extra money and gives us that money back in the parking lot. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, so and now he gets the loan. Yeah, is yeah. it a 95% loan to value? No, it's really like a ninety-eight mm-hmm. percent loan to value. But the house appraised high enough and it worked out. The problem yeah. with those types of loans is, you know, very quickly you start building up a clientele. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is you know, people start wanting to pull out more and more money. Yeah. So now you've got houses that, like, hey, this house will appraise at $150,000. My guy can get a, a 95% loan. Okay, the guy only wants to, the the seller only wants $100,000. Great, let's get an appraisal for one We'll write a contract for one We'll have him borrow 95% of one fifty, dollars which is whatever. I don't know the numbers, One thirty five. dollars well, not even one thirty-five. What at one forty something, right? Like one forty-two or something. So b- borrows one hundred forty-two thousand dollars, and will pull out the rest of the money in cash, and pay off all of his credit cards and his car note, and charge a huge broker fee plus points on the back of the loan. So I walk away with a check for forty-five hundred dollars or fifty-five hundred dollars. He gets all of his credit cards paid off, and everybody's happy. But the truth is, he put no money down. So
0: I, it sounds like a good. I mean, like yeah, good deal. It's like not yeah. really hurting anyone. You know,
1: you're helping right. some of these people. Just hurting I would the say. bank, right? It seems right. Like, well, it, it's not even hurting the bank as long as the guy makes the payments. Yeah. Mm. But what if he doesn't? How because, often did that happen? Probably a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I you know you don't really keep track. But I mean, sure. I can think of multiple times where I did things like that that I really thought I was doing somebody a favor Mm -hmm. and looking back, like, I didn't do him a favor at all. Like, he should have never borrowed a $150,000 loan.
0: Yeah, right. He
1: couldn't afford it. Yeah. You know, if I hadn't massaged the the paperwork, he wouldn't have been able to afford it. It's easy to sell him on it because I was able to pay off his debt for his credit cards and his car payment. So all of his payments overall dropped. Mm -hmm. But he had no skin in the game. He immediately ran up his credit cards again traded his paid off car in for another car, got more in debt. Yep. And a year later he loses the house. <clears throat> so, you know, did I contribute to that? I mean, I probably did. Contr- I definitely contributed to that situation. But at the time, you know, you tell yourself like I'm doing a favor and he, he of course was thrilled. Right. Of course. You're doing yeah. favor. But most people get in over their head, not realizing that they're getting in over their head. And then by the time it's too late and they're, it's all crushing down around them, you know, they don't realize what they've done themselves. It's like most lottery winners. Like how many people do you know? Like, Oh, if you gave me $40 million, I'd be set for life. And yet you give somebody $40 million who's not prepared for it. And three years later, they're claiming bankruptcy. Yeah. Right. You, you hear that
3: story a lot. People with millions yeah. losing all the athletes. Musicians, and, and everybody says actually. that. Yeah. I
1: would never do that. I would never do that. Really? Like, you can't manage your $50,000 a year job. Mm-hmm. You think you're going to manage four uh, 40000000 million? You're going <laughs> to give that money away so quick and and be everybody's best friend and everybody's mm-hmm. buddy and everybody's going to lend you money. And the next fucking thing you know, you got nothing and you hate everybody and everybody turns on you and you didn't really have any friends to begin with.
0: It's honestly Sorry. true. Like, even reading, um, like, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and stuff, he was talking about, like, people don't have – like a savings problem. They have a spending problem or an income problem. It's a spending problem. It's like, no matter what you make, you're just, if you start making 10 K a month, you're going to spend 11. And that's the problem that people I think fall into. And like you said too, it's cool that the guy was able to reduce, you know, seven different payments, but now he's way in, way overextended on a larger debt anyway, compared to his ratio. And in
2: in some sense you were doing him a favor because you probably got him, you know, debt that had a lower interest rate. And so he cleared that high interest credit card or car loan. But, you know, if he, if he still has that spending problem, then like you said, he's just going to circle himself back. And yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, it's like, it's funny, like you give somebody $2 million and they go out and buy a $2 million house and they yeah. think, great, I got a <laughs> paid off house. But the truth is you all, now you have a $15,000 tax debt that you have to pay every single year that you're not prepared for. You're... Your electric isn't $200 a month. It's now $600 a month. You have an association due that you never had before of $600. You have a water bill. Like before you know it, you're like,
2: Paying oh, dying yeah. you.
1: <laughs> poor, poor me. <laughs> I live in a $2 million house. Well, you could have bought a $200,000 house and stuck the rest of the money in the market. Like, mm-hmm. what? But people don't think like that. Like poor people stay poor. You know, rich people stay rich because rich people think like rich people and poor people think like poor people.
3: It's very true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, honestly. It's, it's a lot. Of, <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. that's the unfortunate fact, but it's just, if they get money without edu- without the education of how to, you know, actually keep that money, it just,
2: it's, it's going to go. Yeah. That's why you need that process of actually getting to having the money because all that time it takes to get there, you're learning all these things. But mm-hmm. when you just get money dumped on you, you didn't learn all
1: those lessons. Yeah. <laughs> well, people all. love to brag too. You know, yeah. Oh, like yeah. they love to brag about, it. love to show everybody how much money they have when you, honestly, yeah. you're better off just saying, man, I'm broke.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I yeah. got
1: nobody. Yeah, because hey, no one's gonna him? ask you.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. Shit, I mean, look at, I mean, look I mean, look at the the take guy. He says he had all this money, and now he's getting locked up for whatever they're saying tax evasion. Mm-hmm. He for such a smart guy, you would think that he would want to stay off the radar, but that he just got oh, on everyone's
2: yeah. radar.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you're committing crime, like don't go on YouTube talking. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem.
0: We actually had this guy where we're from in St. Charles. So this dude, crazy story. He was like, uh, you remember when COVID, like they had all the testing facilities and shit. This guy like set up all these different facilities around the country to do COVID testing and yeah, Center, center for COVID
2: control is what yeah. he called it. So it was like, or no, it wasn't like yeah. CDC, but it was like center. It was for
0: like something. center for, yeah, something with COVID. And, yeah. um, this guy basically set up hundreds of locations would give people tests, Results before they even finished the tests, most of the time, and would fake all these results. This guy buys like a $4 million house in St. Charles. He got Lamborghinis. He's posting on TikTok his like million dollar Ford or whatever. Same. Some guy comments, <laughs> What you know, is this crypto money? And he goes, No, COVID money. That ended up wow. freaking screwing him.
2: <laughs> like, what an idiot. It's like a $300, <laughs> wow. $300 million investigation. He was running yeah. like 80,000 tests a day across the country, COVID tests, all like fraudulent tests. And, and he's screwed. He's right here, like right yeah. down the road. Crazy. So
0: when you were, okay, so when you had your own company, how long, you know, how many guys did you end up having work for you? It was like
1: 14, right? Um, Yeah, it was about two dozen at the most. It was probably 12. Yeah. Wow.
0: And everyone was kind of involved in this whole um, do what you can to get the loan closed kind of thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, definitely like if they weren't, they very quickly left. Like I can only think of one or two guys that showed up and within a month or two, they're like, yeah, I can't be around here. I can't. I can't be a part of this. I. I. This is no. And they would just quit. But But that honestly, like most people, would show up and they had no idea, and they slowly got acclimated to the environment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, and the next thing you know, they're like, "Oh, I got a deal," but the guy doesn't have a W two for this for last year. What do I do? And the guys would be like, "Look, here's what you can do." and they'd tell them, "Oh, I do it all the time, really yeah and they they they'd help him out or they'd send him in my office and I'd make it and he'd leave and he'd, the loan would close and they'd get a check for three grand or twenty five hundred or forty five hundred and you know that's all it doesn't take doesn't take but one or two of those for you to be all in right you you, you broke out the white out broke <laughs> out the white out exactly <laughs> How long were you able to do this for i I know it was quite a while, but um, how long it a, to... a few years? That was a couple of years before I ended up getting in trouble um, for I ended up getting in trouble. It's complicated, but I'd done a bunch of loans where I had bought houses and renovated them and sold them to my wife at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's a yeah. non arms length transaction. So I didn't close those loans at my company. I closed them at a mortgage broker's That used to work with me, she had gone and opened up her own company. So I closed them at her company, not realizing that she got in trouble later. Six months later, she gets in trouble and she hands my files over to the FBI. Oh, wow. She wears a wire on me and gets me to talk about how. About how I close these loans for my ex-wife. So I've now now I bury myself. And so once I buried myself, you know, I realized halfway through that conversation, I realized that she was wired. She and her husband were wired. Oh my God. And so, you know, I basically stood up and said, listen, wow, you know, I can't believe this. I said, look, just have just just, you know, what, just have the FBI agent call me. And I, I left um, and he called me and I said, I'll come down. And he said, hey, I, obviously, you know what this is about. Like, he didn't even pretend. He didn't even pretend that like, they weren't wired. Yeah. Like, this was a random call. No, no. He, it was very obvious. So, he says, you know, I need you to come downtown so I can talk to you about this. And I said, no problem. Um. And I scheduled a time to come come down, like, a couple days later. And I called, and I got, I ended up getting several, I talked to several FBI, or FBI, several criminal defense attorneys and I hired one and he, of course, canceled that meeting. He said, that's not happening Mm -hmm. and I ended up pleading guilty to one count of wire fraud and I got three years probation but because of that charge, I couldn't own the mortgage company anymore. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be a mortgage broker. So I sold it to a friend of mine that was also a mortgage broker. He was a CPA. I sold it to him and he kept me on And I was making about 90, close to 90,000 a year as a consultant. Okay. And my agreement with him was I'm going to start a development company and you will be partners in it. And so that's what I did. I decided I was going to, I decided, you know, like I, you know, I could have done the right thing. I could have claimed bankruptcy or something and, you know, but I was in the middle of a divorce and I basically had lost everything in the divorce. I was just trying to get away. Yeah. <clears throat> so I ended up saying, I'll start a development company and we'll be partners. And the way I was going to get the money for the development company was I was going to run a real estate scam, which I did. I started making <laughs> fake people, right? Like synthetic identities. How does that work? Yeah. <laughs> Well, now they call it, they, they, you know, they, they say they're a C, you know, what a CPN is no. so you can buy like CPNs and it's, and these guys will tell you like, it's a special number that's never been issued. And it's basically, it's a social security number. Okay. And then you can create a fake profile using that social security number. Now, usually these, these are numbers that have never been they're social security numbers that have never been issued, or they've been issued to somebody who's very young. And what I did was I figured out how to go into Social Security and get Social Security to issue me social security numbers to children that don't exist. Oh, wow. So I would I went into Social Security with a a birth certificate that I made and a shot record that I made for a ten month old child. This guy's crafty. <laughs> That's insane. Is that degree? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I walked in, I gave it, I would give that to them and they would go, I, you know, I fill out what's called an SS uh, or is it an SS five form? I fill it out and say, here's who I am. Here's my social security number and give it to them. And they go, you're, so your son has never had a social security number issue. I'd go, no, he was born at home with a midwife Mm. and they would go well, that's odd, and they go, well, let me check, and then they would check, and they go, oh, wow, you're right. He, he doesn't have a Social Security number. I'd go, yeah, I know, and they go, oh, okay, well, let me issue one, and they would issue a Social Security number. So now I have a Social Security number attached to a name that I made up, and I would go and I'd apply for credit cards in that name using a different date of birth. So if the kid was born July 7th, 2000. And let's say this was in 2002. I would say he was born in 1970. So he's born in July 7th, 1970. And I would apply for credit cards and get denied. But I would always get an offer of, hey, you can open a secured credit card. We won't give you a credit card, but we'll give you a secured credit card. And I'd go, oh, okay. And they'd say, yeah, it's 300 bucks up front. Oh, here's your $300. And I'd apply for like three of them. And now I've got three credit cards in this fictitious name and I'd make six months payment. And after six months, it would give them credit scores. So I would have 700 credit scores after about six months.
0: Wow. And then what, so then how many people were you doing? Like how many people did you create? Like, was it, were you doing three or four at a time? Was it one a year? I probably like, how did.
1: Often? I probably did 10 or 12 of them. Wow. Okay. How did you and figure out I, how to do that?
0: Yeah. yeah. Did somebody
3: walk you through this? Did you have a guy that like kind of like told you about this? A mentor. A mentor. <laughs> mentor.
1: <laughs> no, I had a woman come in one time when I was when I, you know, was working at the mortgage company or owned the mortgage company. I had a woman come in and I pulled her credit and she had perfect credit. She had a, a car loan and a couple of two, three credit cards, and just perfect credit. And I just happened to be when I was collecting all of her documents, I happened to notice that her her W-2 had a different number on it. And I was like, that's weird. Like This number, I pulled it, but it, it, this is clearly her credit. It's got her name, her date of birth, everything. But her W-2 has a different soc, social security mm-hmm. number. So I called her and asked her to come in. She came in and I showed her the difference. And she got kind of scared. She's like, "Um, uh, look, I, you know what? I don't even want the loan. I go, no, 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 wait a second. You're not in trouble. I'm closing the loan. I'm going to change the W <laughs> two. I said, I just yeah, I just want to know how you did this.
2: Like, what did you do? So you always kind of thought this way. You're always kind of
1: cheisty. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, so she, um, she said, she was married, and she and her husband had joint checking, savings, credit cards, and he basically had kind of le- left her and run up everything and just left. So she had bad credit. Mm. So she said she went to go get an apartment, but she knew she couldn't get an apartment because she was in the process of being evicted. So she gave them her maiden name, and she used her, her son's social security number. Because one of her her girlfriends had done it to get her electric turned on years earlier. She said they pulled her credit and they said, yeah, you don't have any credit. And she said, right. And they said, well, you know, put down your deposit and we'll give you the the property. So she gets the property. She turns on her electric using the same thing, her son's social security number and her maiden name, which she hadn't used in 10 years, and the new address. And as a result of that, it started a new credit profile. And before she, she said, as soon as I moved in, I was already getting offers for credit cards. Wow. So she said, I went ahead and I figured the only, the only social security number and name she had used at that address was her son's. So she filled out the offer and got the credit card. She was like six months later, Ford sent her something saying she'd been pre-approved. She filled that out. She got approved for a new car. Oh, damn. She said, that was like three years ago, and I've been paying ever since. She has three, like three credit cards and a car loan. Hmm. And now she was buying a house. So I knew that worked. And so i that's what I did when I, I got in trouble. I immediately started a few different profiles. Six months later, I had credit scores. And I started buying houses in the Ybor City area of Tampa, which is a – it's really right down next to downtown Tampa. It's a, mm-hmm. It was a really cruddy area at the time. It's still not great. But, you know, you could buy a house there for 50 or 60 grand. Hell, okay. you could buy houses there for 30 or 40 grand. Wow. Um, and so I, I started buying houses for like 50, let's say 40,000. And then I put $10,000 into them. And I was dating a girl at that time. I, by that point, I'm divorced. And I was dating uh, the manager of a, a title company. And I went to her and I said, look, I got somebody, I'm buying houses, but I don't want to, I want to record the value higher so that I can use them as comparable sales. Because when you buy a house, the way they determine that the value of the house is they find other houses in that general area within half a mile to a mile that have sold within six months to a year. And if your house is fifteen hundred square foot feet, and those other houses are fifteen hundred square feet, and they're within half a mile, and they all sold for two hundred thousand, then that means your house is worth two hundred thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm buying these houses for fifty thousand, but I want to record the value at two hundred thousand. So I went to her and I told her what I was going to do, and she said all you have to do is on the the transaction report put down how much the house is worth two hundred thousand and pay the difference in the document stamps. They call them doc stamps. So instead of paying 350 bucks, I would pay $1400 and it would get recorded at a $200,000 sale.
0: Oh,
1: wow. So I have this fake person named Lee Black who goes and buys three or four houses for 50,000 a piece, does a little bit of renovation, records the values at 200,000 on the sales. I have another guy that goes in, and his name is Brandon Green. He does the same thing. I have another guy that goes in, and his name is James uh, Red. I got another guy that goes in, his name is Michael White. I got another guy that goes in, his name is, is um, William uh, Blue. I got another guy <laughs> named David Silver. And they all buy houses and <laughs> put the values at $200,000, 210000 Oh, damn. So the area, the value in the area shot up to around 250000 300000
0: and they're fifty thousand so dollars. The dollar neighbors homes. must
1: be happy about this. Right. <laughs> well, most of the neighbors are it's a rental kind of community, right? So it's mostly rentals. So they don't have a say. Um <laughs> so yeah, now these houses are all worth two, three hundred thousand dollars. And now I just and all, all and I and they're in the name of people that have perfect credit. So I refinance the house. Oh, okay. That makes mm. sense. And the <laughs> bank lends me, you know. On a $200,000 house with a guy that's got a 720 credit score. He has perfect credit. He has, he's been on his job, you know, you know two years mm-hmm. or four years, whatever. He's got money in the bank. He's got a bank account. He's got, and it's a refi. So I don't have to prove he has anything really in the bank. I, have to, I don't have to bring a down payment. It's a refinance. He already owns the house. So he refinances it for, gets 180000 190000 and I walk away with $120,000, 130 wow. on each house. And each guy would buy, each person, each one of these guys purchased five, six houses. So each one of these guys would, would borrow about a million dollars. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and then I'd make the payments.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I would, of course, I'd get credit cards in their name, I'd run up the credit cards. And then he would have a tragic accident.
0: You killed the guys pay. off? <laughs> <laughs> you, I, you killed I, the
1: character. He's got to go. <laughs>
3: he's go. Are, these so, all, are these all technically your sons then?
1: <laughs> technically, they're all, yes. So, well, not mine. He, it, I wasn't doing this in my name. Like, by this point, mm-hmm. I was able to go into, I figured out how to go into the. the local. Um, like the local DMV. And I figured out how to go in there and get them to issue me a social secu- I mean sorry, a driver's license or an ID in somebody else's name.: No way. So it's not hard. No? <laughs> it's not hard. I mean, I couldn't pass for you. you're too young, but if you were 45 or 50, I could go into whatever state you're in, I could get a dr- an ID. I can get an ID in another state, not the state you have an ID in, yeah, but yeah. like if I got your information and you were 40 or 50, I could go into a Florida DMV and get a driver's license as you.
0: Even today, it'd be that easy, you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. You'd be
3: surprised. Like, I mean, I think when you work with like government employees, I think there's a lot of like lapses that happen because it's just like, they just the don't, don't give a shit. Yeah, the volume of
1: stuff. Well, they're not pulling up. They're also, the. you have to think every state has its own its own system. Yeah. So you think as soon as you get there, it suddenly knows, oh, he also had a driver's license in Nevada, Nevada, whatever. And it pulls up your picture. Like it doesn't, mm. you have to request it.
2: It's almost, it's almost uh, scary. Yeah. Do, that's do pretty you ever, Did you ever feel bad doing any of this or no? Because it was, I I mean, I it was fake like people. a baby, like a baby, like a
1: baby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel bad at all. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, what, what like, I, the way I felt, like, what am I doing? Like, the people don't exist. Right. I'm borrowing money from the bank. I'm making a few payments. So I let it go. That happens all the time, legitimately. True. Yeah. So the bank thinks they lent this guy money. He made a few payments. And he, you know, he, he had an accident.
0: Had a severe
2: he heart attack. Pay. And you're right.
1: It does happen in real life. So yeah. it's not like, yeah. So, you know, he didn't pay. We try to make some you know we try to make some phone calls. I used to I, I would t- I would go in the local like the newspaper and I would retype an article that would have like a th- like a 20 car pile up on i four and I would and somebody was life flighted to Tampa General and I would retype that and I'd put my guy as being life-flighted. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd, I'd print it out on newsprint and I'd cut it up and lay it on the printer and make a copy of it. like I copied a newspaper. And then I would write a letter from, you know, from Lee Black's sister saying, look, I got your letter in the mail. My brother, as you can see by the article, my brother was in an accident. He's in a coma. The doctors say even if he wakes up, he'll never work again. So you might as well just take the house. He's never going to be able to make these payments. And they would and then they just stop fucking sending letters or anything. They just stopped. like they were, all oh, he's so going they need an explanation. Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
0: How long, but so before they would be, you know, before they run into a terrible before they accident, got airlifted, how long usually would you hold these identities? I mean, is this like a six month process? Is it 12, is it different for each person? Like what was,
1: um, I would say it would be, um, from the moment I started them.
0: Yeah. Like from when you created them until the accident and like, how long would it take for you to get a home? I mean, you'd have to obviously build up that credit. That would take six months and then you would try to go for the loan and then would no, it be a year well, later or no.
1: What, what happened was because I knew when they would have scores and what the scores would be mm-hmm. just based on experience. Usually, at about four months, I would buy the house, take some, you know, and then start renovating it. Yeah. Get it to a point where it looked clean from the outside. Like we'd never, we wouldn't really do anything inside. Oh, okay. Um, and then I'd get an appraisal, and literally, I mean, we, I had it down within a few weeks. So within suddenly on the first or the second or whatever of the month, the guy's got perfect credit. And then, you know, a week later we're submitting the loan (laughs) and they suddenly he's got, you know, whatever he's got, you know, he's now they're ready to lend him 80 or 90% loan to value on a $210,000 house. And they're lending him $85,000 on a house that I have 50 or 60,000 into. So we walk away with, $120,000 in profit. And then I'd make three or four months worth of payments. And then, so right about a year, it would be, the guy would, from beginning to end, let's say it's a year, right about a year, I would apply for personal loans in his name from the bank. Do you get 15 grand? Then maybe 7,000 you could get from these like American general and, um, Then I'd run up. I'd apply for credit cards, get another fifteen to twenty thousand in credit cards, so I could get about another eighty to one hundred thousand dollars just on credit. Run those up, make a few payments on those, and then boom, it's tragedy, bro. Like you know, it's i four is one of the most dangerous um, thoroughfares, you know, in 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 the country. It's 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 tough. People are excited about going to Orlando. People (laughs) die all the time. They get hurt. You know, it's 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 tragedy. It's sad. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's upsetting, but you know, he, he has an accident and he can't pay. So, and if you called three months later, his work still answered the phone because mm. multiple people worked there. Yeah. You know, his cell phone would be shut off and that would, you know, that would be it. So I, he would have like five or six houses. They'd all go in at the same time. Like it looked exactly like all, ever, everything goes in, goes under at once. My Lord. Wow. (laughs) So then
0: when it comes to like, I mean, how did the banks or like even the FBI, like how did they even start catching on to this? Did it start, was it just because you were doing it like the volume or how did that
2: start? Already on their radar as well. Maybe. No,
1: I, I, what happened was I have, you know, I had a couple of the short version is I had a girl that I was messing around with. He's always got a girl. I love that. Always got a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, she knew what I was doing. She was a broker. Okay. And she was kind of asked me like, hey, I, I'm getting a divorce. I need, I need to make some money. You know, what can I do? So I set up a, a, a refinance thing with her in Clearwater. And I already had another one going on in Orlando with a buddy of mine. Well, she ended up refinancing this house. We were refinancing it like three or four times. We're gonna get like four or five hundred thousand. She goes to one one closing and got like a hundred thousand dollar check. She goes to the second closing and the title company, the woman at the title company. Looked at her driver's license and said, this doesn't look like you. Hmm. But it was her. It was her.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, granted, she had changed her hair since she got the picture, but it was her. So because of that fluke, like there's no way for me to account for that. Like, how am I going to know that you're that this title woman is wrong? Yeah, it's her. She wouldn't give her the check. She said, I got to make some phone calls. Something's not right. Something seems strange.
0: Oh, God. Damn. And
1: she's like, what are you talking about? That's me. She said, even another girl came in and looked at the ID and said, no, that's her. She says, no, something's not right. Huh? No idea what it was. It was just an accident. Well, she ends up making a bunch of phone calls and finds out that the house she was refinancing was a rental property. That we had transferred the deed out of the owner's name into this girl's name, which was a fake name. Oh. They then make some phone calls and find out it had been refinanced at another title company, and they'd issued a check. So they put a red flag on the check. Now, I, t- I was saying when all this kind of came out, I was like, okay, well, that, that deal's done. That's over. She was saying, no, it's not over. Let's give... Travis, which was my buddy in Orlando, let's give him the check. He can cash the check. And I was like, no, the check's no good. They're going to figure it out. She goes, no, no, it'll be okay. So she goes, at least let's talk to Travis. So I talked to my buddy, Travis. Travis goes, yeah, it's no problem. Um, and I, he goes, what do you think? Do you think it's any good? I said, no, I don't think it's good. I think it's bad. I think that th- something's wrong. They already know something's wrong with her. Like, and, and he's like, nah, it's going to be fine. So he deposits a check. About three days later, the manager of the bank calls him and says, "Hey, I need you to come in and uh, I need you to um, I need you to endorse the back of the check." And he goes, "I endorse the back of the check." He goes, "Yeah, but it's over a hundred thousand dollars, so I we need I need to witness the endorsement, mm. bro. I've have endorsed I've deposited a lot of checks, way over a hundred thousand, dollars nobody ever asked me to witness an endorsement. Oh, right. I don't even know what that means." You know, like, you got to see me. You know it's my signature. You have a signature card. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, Travis is running a scam as another person, too. It's not his name. Oh. (laughs) So his bank account's been opened in in a fake name. Mm. Damn. So, anyway, he goes to the bank to sign, even though I told him not to. He goes, and sure enough, they arrest him. No way. So he says, look. I need to, they, when they're questioning him, he says, I need to get out of jail. I have a daughter. And they said, okay, well, you got to tell us what's going on. He said, no problem. I got a buddy in Tampa that's running a scam. I'll tell you all about it. And he gives them my name. And, of course, I'm on federal probation, so they know already, oh, this guy's a scammer. And then they say, well, how can we be, prove that it's a scam? And he goes, it's easy. Look up the name. Lee black and there's five houses that just went into foreclosure four months earlier. Look up the name Brandon green and there's five or six houses that are currently in foreclosure. Look up the name David silver and there's five houses that went under three months ago. How hard they're like black, green, red, like that was just stupid on my part. (laughs) Um, You know, it's, I felt like I was so clever when I thought it up. (laughs) You know, I saw the movie Reservoir Dogs and all the guys in Reservoir Dogs, they give them nicknames like Mr. Pink, Mr. Black, Mr. White. Like I thought, oh, that's cool. (laughs) Let me do that. (laughs) It was a bad idea. This is a bad idea. So it came back on me. They set they put together a task force and, um, you know, months later they came to arrest me. And they were going to arrest me. And I I had a friend that was a sheriff's deputy named Steve Sutton. And I'd done about a million or so dollars worth of loans for Steve. So his name clearly came up yeah. in the investigation. And Steve used to date a girl that worked at Tampa Police Department, right? So he's a sheriff's deputy. He used to date a, a police officer. And she was on the task force. So she comes to him and says, listen, stop talking to this guy, Cox. They're going to arrest him in a couple of days. We just handed over a task force to the FBI. They're going to arrest him. So Steve comes to me. And says, listen, they're coming to arrest you. <laughs> oh my. And I was like, holy shit. Um, and so, I, you know, I took off. Like, I, he was like, what's, you know, he said, um, I remember he was like, uh, what are you going to do? I said, oh, I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah, I can't stay here. I can't go to prison. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm adorable. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, guys like I, me, I, you don't I, make it in prison. <laughs> I saw Shawshank Redemption. I know what happened. Oh, Andy Dufresne was six foot two I'm tiny (laughs) like I was afraid I was my concern was that they would make me shave my head so the mop wig Mm -hmm. fit right you know (laughs) and uh yeah no no I don't want I don't anything to do with this so uh I you know I took off on the run like I I went on the run where'd you go can you can you talk about that at all yeah Bro, there's nothing off the table. (laughs) You're not going to ruin my, you know, it's not like you're going to ruin my reputation. (laughs) So where'd you go? What was it like being on the run? Yeah. What's the first thing you did? (laughs) I mean, I went, so I was dating this chick named uh, Rebecca Houck. Mm. And I'd been dating her. I'm telling you, it had been not even a month. She'll tell you it was six weeks. It wasn't a month. She shows up one day and says like i'm packing my stuff she showed up on like a friday or something i had like 80 grand in cash and she's like what are you doing like we're supposed to be going on a date i'm like oh yeah that's off um you know uh i'm leaving i just blatantly i just tell her exactly what's going on yeah and she says well i want to come with you i'm like are you fucking insane like you've got you've got a life here. You've got a kid here. You've got, and she's like, no, my son was going to live with his father in the summer and he, he really had only just come to live with her like six months earlier. She's like, I, I can't handle him. He's gotten, he's been picked up by the police several times. He's smoking pot. He's flunk, flunking out of school. I'm sending him back. She was like, you know, Matt, you don't really know me. She said, but the only reason I even came to Florida because she was from Las Vegas was because her boss had caught her stealing from him and didn't call the police on her because she was sleeping with him oh. and didn't want his wife to find out. <laughs> so he told her, I'm going to send you to Florida and get you a job just to get you out of here. And you don't owe me anything. So she sent he sent her to Florida to work for the dog track because she he knew people there. He represented them as an attorney. So I remember thinking, like, you're an adulteress, you know, embezzling, you know, thief. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you may be the perfect person. <laughs> it's a dream woman. <laughs> like what she had represented to me up to this point was the opposite of that. Yeah. But suddenly she realizes, oh wow, you're not a businessman. You're like a scam artist. And guess what? So am I. And I was like, hey, we're still, we're still good. Oh so God. she packs her stuff. Over the weekend, we run up all my credit cards. <laughs> and um, Lee Black yeah, is going crazy. <laughs> oh, listen, it was, that was stress because I kept thinking I was going to get grabbed mm. before. You know, I knew they were going to raid my office. I just didn't know when. Yeah. Like Steve Sutton, the, the sheriff's deputy, shows up on Thursday and tells me we leave Sunday night. Okay. They show up like Tuesday or Wednesday the next week. Wow.
3: Were your, were your bank accounts already locked up at this point? Like, do they lock no. your bank accounts up or no? Oh,
1: well. No, nothing like that. Like, you know, the most disappointing thing is I must have had 30,000 in student loan debt that I had just paid off. Mm. So That was 30 grand I could have kept. <laughs> I was so disappointed. <laughs> I, I, I like raced straight to the bank to like pull out as much money as I could. And everything, And, and they, they cleared like the night before. So disappointed. So um, anyway, I take off. We go to uh, we go to Atlanta, Georgia. And um, we go to Atlanta and, you know, I can't use any of my IDs. So I I ran an ad in the newspaper saying, you know, good credit, bad credit, no problem. Home loans available. Government loans available. Apply now. Free applications. You know, I get like 30 people call, 40 people call the first day. And I find I get a couple of people that are about my, my age. At the time, I was probably 30. How old was I? 30, 34, probably 34, 35. So I get some people that are roughly that age, all from Florida, but I'm in Georgia. Um, so I end up ordering all their documents and I end up getting, and I, and I get a driver's license in South Carolina. Um, and then I end up buying a car in that name and I rent a house. And so I rent a house and we go downtown, we satisfy the loan on that house. So now I'm living in a house that's worth about 200,000, and we refinance that house three times and borrow roughly 400, 450,000 dollars on that house. So we refinance it three times within like a day. Oh, a, day a day or. Day? Oh my <laughs> God.: Yeah, well, I, I called a, you know what a hard money lender is.?: Yeah. Right, so I call three hard money lenders. You know, you go online. You hard money lenders in you know Alpharetta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So they show up at the house. You know, one guy shows up at ten, one guy shows up at at twelve, one guy shows up at four. All of them say, "Wow, what a great house!" I'll lend you one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the house, and you go oh, okay. So then the, you close one a week later on Monday, and then you close one on Tuesday, and the next one on Tuesday, and they all give you $150,000 less closing costs, and you deposit the money in the bank, in a bank account that I just opened, and you, I start re- removing the money out of the bank.
0: And none, and of, so these, about, they weren't, like, none of these systems were talking yeah, to each other? They had no it. idea this was going on? Like They had two other agencies that were doing this, too?
1: No, they don't, wow. they don't talk to each other now. Wow. no. Like you could, you could, let's say you own your house right now. I don't know if you guys own your houses, but you could go down, you could go prepare what's called a, 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 it's a satisfaction of mortgage from your, let's say you have a mortgage with Bank of America. Mm -hmm. You could prepare a satisfaction of mortgage, just like a one page document that says that you're Bank of America and that this loan has been paid off. And it, it would say like, you know, that. I don't know the exact wording right, right off the top of my head, but it basically says that the, the house, you know, the loan borrowed by whatever James Red on this date for this amount on this piece of property, which is recorded in official record book, this on page, this with instrument number of whatever the instrument number is, is hereby satisfied by Bank of America. And then you have the signature of a vice president of Bank of America and maybe a, a couple of witnesses, and then it's notarized. Well, I mean, I've got 10 notary stamps, so I notarize, this, notarize it, go downtown and record, the, record it. They record it in public records, and now when someone pulls your the title to your house, it says, hey, you know, James Redd owns the house. He borrowed a mortgage for 200000 and two years later, it was satisfied. Mm. So he paid it off. So – Now, if somebody looks, they go, okay, so there was a mortgage, but it's satisfied, so he doesn't have any mortgage on the property. And keep in mind that the the guy, I didn't transfer the the warranty deed out of his name. Mm. So, it's still in the owner's name, but when you pull his credit, he has no credit because it's a newly issued Social Security number. So, it's not like they think, hey… He has a mortgage that's not showing up. No, we pulled his credit. He has no mortgage. He has no mortgage on the house, and he has no mortgage on his on his um, on his credit report. So yeah, we'll lend you one hundred fifty thousand yeah, dollars. Each cleaning. guy, nobody knows about each other. I close at three different title companies. They give me the money. I deposit the money in the bank. We pull out the money, and you know, take off. <laughs> Did you stay? How long did you stay in Georgia? Oh, I was there a while. We were there like six months. Oh, about. wow. Well, how yeah. stressed were you? Were you freaking out every day or no? I wasn't stressed at all. Seriously? Wow. No, because my, now, now you have to think. I have now. I have a. I, I have driver's licenses. I'm, it's not like I'm. Look, it's not like I'm driving around with an expired driver's license in a car in a stolen car with a broken taillight and a dead body in the trunk. That's right. Like. I'm driving around as all legit stuff, right? Let's say I'm Michael Shanahan. I have a driver's license as Michael Shanahan. I have a car in the name, Michael Shanahan. I have a bank account, Michael Shanahan. I have full coverage as Michael Shanahan. My car's in perfect condition. And I follow all the rules. And if I pull over, I'm going to give you my driver's license. You can run it.
3: And there's no red flags that are popping. up. And,
1: and it says, Hey, perfect. He's perfect. <laughs>
3: because yeah, how, how are they supposed to know? Like the cop, they do it. So you, you were basically, there was no red flag setting off. So
1: really there was no. nothing to be worried about, I guess. Listen, I got, I got tickets all the time. I, I even, I got so many tickets as one guy, I went to driving school as him. I <laughs> my, oh. You actually went to the driving school too? That's awesome. Oh yeah, you used to have to go too. This was before, now you can do it online. Yeah. yeah. But you had to go. <laughs> and you went but to I drive. Also, the chick, the, the girl that I was dating was driving me nuts.
2: Like, oh, I mean I remember
1: thinking it's 8 hours I don't have to spend with her.
2: <laughs> this, like, is, this is this the same pro. girl, right, that you took off with? The adulteress, the scammer?
1: Yes. And <laughs> and also by this point I now realize she's a bipolar. Oh, really? She will not it was so bad I sent her to I sent her to a psychiatrist or a, psycholo- a psychiatrist. So they would prescribe her medication because she was so just insane. She she either Loved me to death or thought I was the Antichrist.
0: Oh, seriously, one of she's, those?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yet she's either hanging on my every word or she's screaming and getting the police called.
0: Oh, it would escalate it, to that?
1: Oh, oh, yeah. It was insane. Like, I can't tell you how many times I packed a bag and just left, and the cops actually showed up. Oh, wow. Way. And then, of course, she'd call up and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please come back. I love you. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Oh, I'll be I'm going to get back on my medication. Uh, you know, it's not my fault. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I turn around and I come back and. Um, yeah, it was, you know, so um, I, we, we cashed a bunch of checks, you know, to get the money out of the bank. Like I would write my, cause it's hard to get 400,000 out of the bank. Like it's, you know, they, you can't just show a, a, an account draining. Yeah. So you have to open up multiple bank accounts and you have to kind of move the money from here to here to here to so that they don't just go like this. They kind of go. Mm-hmm. And then one day they're all gone.
3: Were you kind of scared? You know? Was part of the reason you came back, were you kind of scared that she was going to get give you up but at that point you could just go on the run again Were you was that part of the reason you came back just because you're like this girl's gonna tell like the well no going I,
1: I felt bad like she left everything mm-hmm. and so I kept feeling like I you know I just I wasn't at that point I don't think I was I didn't have an understanding of mental illness mm-hmm. you know you go to prison and you're you're dealing with so many people that are mentally ill you start to realize oh wow like there's Like there's no help. Like I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna reason with this person. And I kept thinking to myself I was going to say the right thing, or at some point she would it would dawn on her that she couldn't behave this way anymore. And the truth is is that it just it just never worked. And the medication that she was taking, you know, when she was on it, it 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 helped her. It worked really well. The problem was it dulled her senses. So she didn't get those highs that she loved. And she would take it for about two months. And then she'd actually think to herself, I don't need this anymore. I'm all better now. And she'd get off it. And I could always tell like a week or so ahead of time. I could kind of feel like something ain't right. Mm. Something's not. And then about a week later when it was completely out of her system, she'd go nuts one day. Um, it's funny. I, I always, you know, I mean, I've got a bunch of stories like this, but, but this is the one I was, I I always tell this one story is when we were cashing those checks, like I would go in the bank and I'd go to cash a check. She, she opened bank accounts too, right? Like she's got fake IDs too. So she's opening bank accounts and she'd write me a check and I'd go in at this point. I probably got eight or 10 different IDs, right? Like I, so I go in, well, maybe not that, not in Georgia. I probably had four. Three or four. So I'd go in and I'd say, hey, you know, I'd give them my ID and say, hey, my name is Scott Cugno. Mm -hmm. I remember I had a Scott Cugno. So, hey, my name's Scott Cugno. Uh, I have this check for $7,000. And they would go, "Um, okay, uh, hold on, Mr. Cugno. And they'd walk in the back and they'd call her. Because she just opened up the account a week or two later uh. or earlier. And they'd go, hi, we have a Scott Cugno here trying to cash a check. And then she'd go, oh, yeah, I wrote it. they go, well, can you verify the amount of the check? Yes, it's for $7,000. They'd go, oh, okay, hang up the phone, come out, count out the money, give me the money, and I'd leave. They don't realize she's sitting in the car. <laughs> oh. You know? So what ended up happening was in one time... <laughs> um, so one time I went in as I'd re when I refinanced that house in Atlanta, mm-hmm. no, in, in Alpharetta, Georgia, I went in and I was ca- I, I I went in cash to cash a check for twenty nine thousand dollars. Because during the refinance, I had them issue different checks. So one of them was for like twenty nine grand. So I went into a, the bank that had issued it and I said, hey, here's a check for twenty nine thousand made out to me. I need to cash it. Mm. And they were like, oh, this is, you know, that's a big check. And I was like, right. And they went, okay, well, uh, let me you gotta talk to the bank manager. So I sit down, they take my ID, they take the check, the bank manager comes in and he says, Mr. Cugno, what's you know, this is a large check, and I went, right? And he said, Well, um, you know, why are you cashing the check? He goes, you okay
3: true yeah we're good we're good we're
1: yeah good. <laughs> yeah we're good on well, the hdmi i unplugged. plugged we're good oh i did it so i, I basically say look he, he goes, no, first he said why don't you deposit the check mm-hmm. and i was like well i'm not going to deposit it because my bank's in in is in florida and it'll take too long to clear and i need the money now and he goes okay and then he leaves he walks away he comes back and he says um so why do you need the cash And it wasn't really his, you know, it's not his business place.
0: Yeah.
1: But it was a, you know, I said, well, I said, I I work for a construction company and I cash checks for people. Mm -hmm. You know, we we write a lot of checks to workers. And instead of them paying 10% to a, instead of them paying 10% for a check cashing company, I just cash a check. And they said, he said, okay, that's not a big deal.
0: And that, so he, were you ner- Like I'm surprised yeah, that you said like, anything I, like about this is it. Crazy.
2: I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I feel like after a while of you doing this so much, did you I mean you were probably just like so cool.
1: It was about, normal. Like, right? yeah, like you're so cool about everything and just- Well, I, I wasn't that worried because I kind of felt like I knew, you know, like the the account like I, I I you know, look, my ID is real. I have a real Scott Cugno ID which was issued from um Alabama. Mm-hmm. I'd gotten that one in Alabama. So I have a Scott Cugno ID. I have a real bank account. The bank account is issued. the, the refinance is legit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a fake, but nobody knows it. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 money's good. And so I even asked him. I was like, "What is the problem? Like, it's a cashier's check or it's a check basically issued on you from your bank." Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the problem? He's like, "Oh, you know, we just have to run checks." I said, oh, "Okay." So then he leaves, and I remember Becky called me. Rebecca, she called me. She was sitting in the car, and she's like, what's the problem? What are you doing in there so long? And I was like, you know, I said, I don't know. The guy's just, he's being a jerk. Like, he doesn't want to give me the money. And she's like, well, leave. Get out now. Leave. And I was like, no, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to get the the money. He's got my ID and my check. Like, if I leave, he's going to call the police. I have to sit here. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay. She's like, "Oh." oh, my God. I said, look, if the cops show up, call me. And then I'll, I'll, I'll take off and I'll meet you behind like the grocery store across the street or something, you know. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. I was like, it's fine. So then the guy comes back out again. he's like, where did you get the check? Damn. And I went, okay, I got the check. I said, my construction company is doing work for a guy. He just bu- we built a, an addition for them and they refinanced their house and they paid us. What is the problem? He said, "Well, I'm just making sure. Just something's not right. I'll be right back." He walks in the back again. No big deal. I mean, I'm freaking out. I'm a little freaked out.
0: Yeah, I was going to say at this but point, but I can't go anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So I sat there, and I remember Becky said, "Like, what happens if you get arrested?" I said, "If I get arrested, I'll be arrested as Scott Cugmill. Mm-hmm. My identity is not in question. Mm. I have a real ID. The check is good." They'll arrest me for something stupid. Mm -hmm. You go get a a lawyer and you get me out on bond before they run my prints. And the truth is, is that if you have a a valid ID, they're not going to run your prints right away. Not back then, if ever. Oh, wow. So I said, you can get me out right away. Even a shitty lawyer can get me out right away. And she goes, okay, okay. So a couple minutes. So then I'm sitting there and my phone rings again. So I pick up my phone, but I don't recognize the number. Mm. And so I was like, you know, okay, weird. So I pick up the phone and I go, hello? And this woman says, I I go, hello? And she goes, hi, Scott. Is this Scott Cugno? No, not Scott Cugno. She goes, hi, is this Michael Shanahan? Mm -hmm. And Michael Shanahan's the guy's house that I refinanced. Mm. (laughs) So I went. Um, yes, this is Michael Shanahan, and she goes, "Hi, this is Kimberly from SunTrust Bank." And I go, "I'm in SunTrust Bank," oh my and I God. go, "Yes," and she said, um, "We have someone here, and he's trying to cash a large check on your account on the account from your refinancing. We're just wondering if you could verify the amount. Who would you know the the, the payee and the amount?" And I went, "Yeah," I said, "I think that's Scott Cugno, and the amount is twenty nine thousand dollars." And she goes, that's right. She goes, okay, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, we're just curious. Uh, it was suspicious. Uh, I appreciate it. I said, hey, wait a minute. I said, Kim, I said, Kim, I have a question. I said, how did you get my phone number? And she goes, oh, we called the title company who issued the check, and they gave us your phone number, which they'd gotten off the application that I filled out. Oh, wow, wow. And you're- if they had looked anywhere else. They'd have gotten the real Michael Shanahan's phone number, but they didn't. Oh, my God. And you're still in there this whole time? What? You're in there this whole time while this is going on? Whole time, not leaving. (laughs) Not leaving. I'm drinking a Diet Coke. I'm just sitting there waiting for either the cops to show up or you're giving me my money. So I hang up the phone. About five minutes later, a woman walks out and the bank manager, and he walks out, and he counts out $29,000 twice. And I said, OK, and, you know, I'm assuming that the chick must have been Kimberly, but she never said anything. So he counts out the money. I take the money and I'll never forget because I remember I was stuffing the money in my pockets. And I remember thinking, like, what a fiend. <laughs> like, you, you look like a, you look like a hobo right now, <laughs> stuffing this money in your pockets. So I'm stuffing the money in my pockets, looking at them. They're staring at me. And, and I go, OK. I said, well, I appreciate it. and I start to leave. And he goes, Mr. Cugno. I said, yes. He goes, I'd like to tell you that I feel very apprehensive about this transaction. Oh, really? I go, really? I said, what is it exactly? And he goes, I can't put my finger on it. And I go, well, it'll come to you. <laughs> and I turn <laughs> oh, my God. On. <laughs> and you and walked out. It'll come to you. <laughs> so that was one of the last, that was like one of the last bit of money. we To get the 400000 that was like the last bit of money. Damn. Like we're about, like I went to two more banks. We cleared out everything, pulled out money out of ATMs. We're gone. And the uh, the I think the Secret Service, no, the FBI showed up. No, I think that's where the Secret Service got involved. They sh- they must have showed up a few days later when they were looking at all the checks and everything. Oh wow! So that's he really was crazy. spot on. Like he knew something was wrong, mm-hmm. but everything checked out. So
0: and by the luck of the draw of them. Th- Getting your number from the title. Yeah, final,
1: the yeah. I mean, what if he had called? Like, oh if he had called, then it would have been two, two, two police officers walking in. Yeah. Which is, it's funny because that happened. So we end up leaving there, right? Like, we dump everything. We cut everything up. We, we trash. We leave everything there. We then drive, go to, go to North Carolina, to Charlotte, North Carolina, and we rent a really nice, like, apartment. In downtown Charlotte. Um, I then went, we we went on a vacation. I think we went to, I think we'd already been, we'd already been to Jamaica. I think, like, Becky got a boob job, and and at, the, oh, at that point, I so. got a facelift. I ended up getting a facelift, and I got my nose done, and I got a hair transplant, or a ta- transplant. I got a, I got two hair grafts, you know, yeah, they put, you know, they pull the hair out here, and they stick it in, so... I got that done. Um, okay, we go to Charlotte. We get the place. So then we end up going to Vegas. No, well, well anyway, we gone. We on, listen. By the, you gotta think we've been on. We've gone on vacation multiple times. <laughs> we went to like, went to New Orleans. We went to Jamaica. Uh, I think we had gone to like Mexico to Acapulco. Anyway. I ended up running a scam in South Carolina. I I went down there. Oh, I interviewed a guy. I started – by this point, I'm interviewing homeless people, (laughs) right? Don't judge me. (laughs) I have a quick
3: question. When you were going out of the country, did you have fake passports then too? Yeah, how would you do that?
1: Yeah, that's not – listen, it's it's easier to get a fake passport. It's not a fake passport. It's a real passport. Mm -hmm. The U.S. – department, you know, state department issues it. Cause
3: you're use Okay. Cause you were going there with your, all your actual credible information and use it to get a, a passport, obviously
1: then. And I have a driver's license.
0: Oh my
1: God. You're just going to Mexico. That's crazy.
3: That's
2: fucking nuts. He's stressed. He's got so, a vacation.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, not that we were working that hard. I mean, like fraud isn't like a full-time job, but <laughs> I was actually going to
2: ask that, like what your days looked like, but I want to, I want to go back to the homeless people. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear about that.
1: Right. Um, yeah, we were, like, you know, the problem was that some of the people that I had their information, I would get a driver's license in their name. I, one of the guys, his name was um, Michael Eckert.
0: Okay.
1: Oh, this is horrible, too, bro. Like, I changed that guy's, I legally changed that guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I went and changed it to Michael Johnson. Got another driver's license as Michael Johnson. Went, I mean, like, just to see if I could do it. So, you know, how? like, what's the, what's the process? So... Um, but as Michael Johnson, when I had talked to him, when he was Michael Ecker, when I talked to him, he, he had told me that he he had had like a DUI and just gotten his license back Mm -hmm. What he was doing the application for, and I don't even know why, like that wasn't even one of the questions, (laughs) you know, um, but he did tell me, like, yeah, I, I just got my light. Uh, um, it was going to be a problem. Like, I, I have a felony from a couple years ago. Uh, I lost my license, but, I just, but I, I just got my driver's license back. And it was like, wow. So I remember thinking, like, what happens if I'm driving around with one of these legitimate people's driver's license and they've gotten, like, a warrant out for them? Like, I could go to jail and I didn't even do anything. Oh, true. So I thought, I, I remember Becky and I were at a stoplight one day and I said, you know what we need to do? We need to figure out. How to, um, how to get people's information that aren't using it. And she was like, well, like who? And I said, I, I don't know. And she, I remember she was like, like, what, mental patients or something? And I said, no, I don't. And I looked over, and there was a guy that was holding like a a, work, a will Work for Food sign. And I went, like, that guy? And so I pulled over, walked over to the guy. I said, hey, bro. And he was like, yeah, what's up? And I said, look, man, I got 20 bucks if you'll answer some questions real quick. He goes, yeah, what's up? Gave him 20 bucks, and I said, um, you know, um, like, do you have a driver's license? And he's like, um, yeah. I go, is it valid? Do you have any? Like, I just started asking him random questions, mm-hmm. everything I thought I would need to know. And he just rambled off all the questions. And I was like, do you think you're going to be working? Like, you think you'll get back on your feet anytime soon? And he kind of looked around, and he was like, no, this is it for me. And I was like, okay, um, all right, well, thank you. I gave him another 20 bucks, got in the car, and went home, made up a survey to start surveying homeless people, and made a bunch of surveys, made myself a little Salvation Army badge that I (laughs) put on there, on my pant, you know, the little clip. Yeah, yeah. Went around and started surveying homeless people. Like, I'd walk up to them. If they looked like they were like a, you know, like a a guy, a white guy that was about my age, Mm -hmm. I would say, hey, man. You know, I'm taking surveys for the Salvation Army to determine where we place our next homeless facility. Would you mind taking a survey real quick? It'll only take about three minutes. And the guy would say, oh, um, I don't know. And I go, it pays $20 cash right now. Yeah, what do you need? Name, date of birth, social security number, oh. where was your mother, where were you born, what's your mother's maiden name, what's your father's name, oh, what was the institution, where did you go to high school, have you ever been in the military, have you ever had a passport, what states have you had valid driver's license, when was the last time you worked, do you think you'll be gainfully employed, are you on social security, disability, social security, or do you get any type of Medicare, Medicaid, do you get any subsidies from the state or the federal government? And they would, you know, i just route boom, 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 they'd give me all their information, and i say, all right, cool. Give them 20 bucks and take off. I'd go home and I'd order all their documents online. I'd get all their documents. And then I'd go into, uh, I now know what state they have have, uh, driver's licenses in. So I'd go the next state over and I'd walk into South Carolina or Texas or North Carolina or Georgia, wherever I wanted to. I'd go in and I'd get a driver's license issued to me as that guy. Damn. Then I can go and I can apply to get a passport in his name or whatever buy a car. I could also turn around and go to social security and tell them I have a child with this exact same name and they would issue a new social security number in that name. And I could order credit cards as him if he'd had bad credit. But the truth is 80% of those guys had just no credit. They didn't have bad credit. They just had no credit. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, anyway, I had gone to Las Vegas and I interviewed a guy that was homeless in Las Vegas and his name was, um, what was his name? Gary Sullivan. So Gary Sullivan, I interviewed him and when I was interviewing him, he told me he'd been arrested several times for, um, uh, for, for, uh, prostitution. Okay. So, <laughs> and I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And so he, he said he got picked up twice for offering to blow on undercover cop. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, you got to do what you got to do. So, um, I took his information, ordered his stuff, went to South Carolina, got a, got an ID in his name. And when I got the ID, I got an ID in his name. I went, got an, a real estate agent to drive me around. And I put several contracts on two different houses. I ended up buying two different houses owner financed. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I put down, obviously I put down five or 10% down payment yeah. on the house, you know, so I've got like, what is that? 20,000, 10,000, like not a lot of money. Um, especially when it's not your money. Mm-hmm. So I buy a house that's worth like two, 250,000. Another house is worth like 210,000. And then I go downtown and I satisfy the loans on both those houses. I then borrow four or five mortgages on both of the houses and I borrow one point three million dollars.
2: Oh my, my lord! God. This yeah, guy I, went from and like is, blowing
1: undercover cops being a real stenogol. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's doing great his profile. <laughs> and by this point, we'd already gone. We'd already done the same scam in in um, Tallahassee, Florida. Mm. So Becky and I had also refinanced a house in Tallahassee. Uh, so when I was going, I went into a bank in South Carolina. And I was removing cash. We'd removed whatever. Five or $600,000 in cash. Damn. And I'm waiting for my a, a cat for I was trying to cash like an eight or $9,000 check. And I'm standing there and a cop walks up behind me and reaches over and grabs my well, was a sheriff's deputy mm. grabs my arm and yanks it behind my back. And then the other cop grabs my arm oh. and they handcuff me. No way. Yeah, and they, they walk me into the manager's office and sit me down. And they're like, um, Mr. Sullivan, you know, we're waiting for the detective to show up or an investigator to show up, something like that. Yeah, And I remember thinking, oh, well, that's the FBI. He's waiting, they're waiting for the FBI. Mm. Um, So I'm sitting there. And the investigator, the detective shows up and he walks in and he goes, I'm a detective with the Richland County like sheriff's department. Or I was like, Oh, okay. And he says, and they were all calling me Mr. Sullivan. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe they're maybe. not calling me Matt Cox. So not too bad, yeah. that's good. So anyway, they they um you know, they so they tell me that uh he tells me there's a problem, and the problem is that apparently one of the title companies had noticed that there were three mortgages that had shown up on the title and there was actually about six mortgages on the title, but they'd found, they'd only found three of them and keep in mind you do a closing, they mail the stuff in a week or two weeks later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they obviously had missed the, the other ones hadn't shown up yet. Well, anyway, they do this. They, they, they said they had three of them and I was like, Oh, okay. And, he goes, yeah. So there's three mortgages on one of your pieces of the property, and I went, okay. I said, is that illegal? And the guy goes, the detective went, you know, I don't know. And I thought, oh, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm leaving. Yeah,
1: I'm walking out of here. And I said, well, what's the issue? He's, well, the issue is Wachovia Bank. The head of their fraud department called us and said they wanted you arrested. Like they are, you know. And I was like, okay. I said that doesn't even make sense. Like I haven't done anything illegal. And so he goes. Well, let me get this guy on the phone. So they get them on the phone, and we start going back and forth, back and forth. Like he's like, "It's illegal." I'm like, "How's it illegal?" They're like, "He's got three first mortgages on the on one piece of property." And keep in mind, they were only concerned about one of the houses. Oh,
0: really?
1: Like they know about the other house, but the, he doesn't know anything about the mortgages on those houses. He just knows one house has three mortgages, and Wachovia's fraud department. Kept saying he has three first mortgages. Now, keep in mind on a first mortgage, on a mortgage, it doesn't state whether it's the first mortgage, second mortgage, third mortgage. It's just the placement of the mortgage that determines that. Mm. So I was like, Well, I read those mortgage documents. None of them said whether they were first mortgage. Mm. So he's like, Well, um, he's like, Yeah, that. And he's the guy's like, No, we gave him the first mortgage and so did this other bank. And I was like, No, no. I was like, wait a second. I said, you don't understand. I said, I got a first mortgage from Wacovia. Wacovia, the, the loan officer at Wacovia sent me some to another place to get me a second mortgage. That girl said she could had a friend that could get me a HELOC and they got me a HELOC. I haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. So the guy goes, He's running a scam. He's running a scam. So he's we go back and forth, back and forth. And I remember he's like, Why are you pulling out so much cash? And I was like, Well, I cash checks I work for a labor company and I cash people's checks like I do that you know like that's I don't hate these guys have to pay 8 or 10% at a chat, check check cashing company I know the checks are good mm-hmm. so I usually try and cash their checks like what's wrong with that He doesn't know that I've been removing money from the other banks he only knows about his bank So you can't say I said plus <laughs> Right plus I'm renovating another house and the detective goes that's right you own another house I said right I said I've hired a bunch of guys they only take cash and he's like, that makes sense. So the guy's arguing back and forth. He goes, I'm telling you, he's running a, a, a scam. Okay. Well, he ends up making a mistake where he says, he goes, Look at his ID. His ID starts with 000. It's fake. Now, in South Carolina, their IDs start with 000. Mm. And so when he said that, the detective said, No our IDs start with zero, zero, zero. I ran this guy through NC, you know, or uh, what is it? Um, NCIC, right? Because I ran through NCIC. Hit This is Gary Sullivan. And I remember I leaned into the cop and I go, bro, come on, man. Now I'm not Gary Sullivan. I go, what are we doing? Oh, my <laughs> what God. What are we doing? Oh,
2: wow. You got the confidence. Yeah, you got <laughs> the
1: confidence. Oh, my God. Oh, listen, he, the cop goes, I know, Gary. I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know Gary. So, you know now, you know now. Like I'm calling him Steve, he's calling me Gary. We're we're in this together. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. So, the guy from Wachovia, who clearly knows exactly what's happening, yeah, is furious. He's screaming so much, he starts to sound like he's not being rational. Mm. You're just gaslighting this guy, <laughs> right? And and he says, you know what? Listen. He goes, I'm going to take him downtown. I'm going to have him fill out a police report. I'm going to talk to the district attorney. I don't even know what to tr- charge this guy with. It sounds, and he goes, I don't even know that he's done anything wrong. And I go, listen, I go, it sounds like they got a problem at the bank. I go, what makes more sense? Three loan officers got together to make commissions off of me or me, a guy that works at a labor company scammed some of the biggest banks in America at a half a million dollars. I go, come on, man. I wouldn't know how to do this if I tried. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I know, Gary. I know. said, so, Gary, you're the victim. <laughs> I, exactly. Poor, yeah. So um, so he hangs up on the guy. He stands up. He goes, Gary, can you follow me downtown? I said, sure, no problem. And he goes, Gary, I noticed you have a, a South Carolina ID. And I went, right. He said, do you have a driver's license? Because mm. you're driving. And the cops look at me, and I go, um, "Yeah, I do, but it's it's from Nevada." Huh. And he goes, "Oh, that's right." He goes, "You're from you're from Vegas." And it dawns on me. They all, he, so the detective and both the sheriff's deputies, like they look at each other and grin, and I realize he ran me through NCIC. So he thinks I've been arrested twice for prostitution in Vegas. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I could tell from the grin. I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, no. Wow. And he goes, that's right. You're from Vegas. He goes, And so one of the cops goes, Give me, he took my ID and he said, I'll check if he's got a valid driver's license. Keep in mind, this guy was homeless.
0: Yeah.
1: Walks out to his car, comes back, says he's got a valid driver's <laughs> license in Nevada. And I mean, at this point now, I am freaking out. And he goes. He goes. He's got a valid driver's license in Nevada. And he goes. Oh, he said, okay. He said, it, he is. He, is um, he goes. It's it's valid. And he goes. Yeah, yeah. He goes. Everything. Is it clear? He goes. Yeah, yeah. He goes. Well, it says he's five foot ten. I'm five six, bro. Like, with, and, and they all look at me and, and they go and they look at me and I go. I go. Well, fellas, with a good pair of shoes. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and they all start laughing and go, follow us, Gary. No way. And, I, bro, I get in my car. I'm driving. The sheriff's deputies behind me, the cops in front of me, the the, the detectives in front of me, they're escorting me to the police station. Becky calls me. She's called me like 30 times. I've been in the bank for like an hour. God. She's called me 30 times. She goes, I pick up the phone. I go, hey. She goes, oh, my God. She goes, what are you doing? She goes, I just checked the internet. You're number one on the Secret Service's most (gasps) wanted list. Oh, God. And and I go, I said, listen, I got bigger problems. (laughs) said i I just spent the last you know 30 minutes to an hour in the police or in the bank i'm now being escorted to the police station i have to fill out a police report And she goes oh my god she goes get on the interstate get on the interstate and i said i can't like i can't outrun the cops you know i did have like a a g35 like at infinity it was pretty fast but it wasn't going to outrace you can't outrun the the, like a helicopter so i was like okay i was like look i can't i can't i gotta play this out I look, I said, listen, I can do this. She's like, oh my God, get on the thing. Get on the interstate. And I was like, look, I was in handcuffs 20 minutes ago. I'm going to fill out the police report. I'm going to get in my car. I'm leaving. She goes, okay. Well, she didn't say, okay. She actually said, if you go in the, if you go in the police station and you get arrested. And she said, you know, you're, you know, basically, basically I said, the worst that happens is if I get arrested They'll be arresting me as Gary Sullivan. You can get an attorney. And before I could even finish it, she goes, I'm not getting you out on bond. I'm not getting you an attorney. She said, if you go in the police station and get arrested, you're on your own. Oh, wow. And I was just like, wow.
0: Right. it matter? I went, Well, I,
1: I guess I better not get arrested. Like, I, I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. So I hang up the phone, go in the police station. I fill out the police report. He goes and checks with uh, his sergeant or something. I remember I was sitting in his cubicle, but he couldn't leave me in his cubicle. Mm. He goes, I can't leave you here. i got to get my sergeant to sign off on it or my l- lieutenant. Can you wait in the hallway? And I said, sure. So I go out and I wait in the hallway. And when I'm in the hallway, I'm looking at the wanted posters. And there's all these black and white wanted posters. There's one color wanted poster. And it's my Secret Services wanted poster. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Is it only one in, in, in color. Like, I'm literally like thinking, oh, my God. And I turn around. He walks up behind me and he says, hey, Gary, you ready to go? I said, absolutely. So he walks me out of the police station and he says, Gary, you know, we got a lot of questions. I spoke with the uh, I think he said he spoke with the district attorney at this point. He goes, and we have a lot of questions. Do me a favor. Don't leave. Don't leave. The, don't leave the city. You know, I said, oh, I said, come on, man. Where am I? I'm not going anywhere. I haven't done anything wrong. He goes, OK, I get in my car. Just take off. <laughs> I drive to two more banks and pull out more money. <laughs> <laughs> right after? <laughs> so, about, I think it's the third bank I go into, when I walked in, like the, the women behind the counter like recognized me. You could just tell like suddenly they all went, were like, and they run, go, they real quick, two of them are running, kind of walking towards the phone and I just stopped, I turned around, walked out, got in my car and I was driving out, driving away, one of the women come running out to get my tag number. Like I knew you just knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I saw them, and I was like, and they, they just, I thought, oh, no, I can tell what's happening. So, but anyway, I got on the, and I just realized I can't go to another bank. I get on the interstate. I drive back. I packed up all my stuff in South Carolina. Becky had already moved to Houston, Texas. So, I go to Houston. She and I get in a huge argument. Um, She had... Fucking at least six hundred thousand dollars in ca- in cash. We get into an argument. Um, I leave her. Like you don't want to really hear the, the argument's just stupid, but we, she was just she was just nuts, and she she was all for medication again. Mm-hmm. So we end up, you know, I tell her let's split up the cash. I'm going to take half the cash. I'm leaving. I'm done with. I'm done. And so we argue about the cash, and her, her argument was. You can go somewhere else and do this again. I can't do this. Like you, I can't do what you're doing.
0: Yeah.
1: And and she had a valid argument there. So I took $100,000 and left her with half a million. Wow. Nice. And man. I got into the U-Haul van. And I'm driving in like a U-Haul van back across the country to go back to my car. <laughs> Cuz I left my car thinking I was abandoning it. Now I need it back.
0: Oh damn. <laughs>
1: On the way there, I stop and get a track phone. I call a few people at home. I talk to a mortgage broker that used to work for me named Susan. Susan tells me the FBI has interviewed everybody and to call the FBI agent. She wants to talk to me. So I was in a pretty bad place, you know. Like I just got into an argument with what's her name. I just got barely got out of the bank. I got hundred thousand dollars. I'm driving a U-Haul van. At, by this point I'm driving around in a drive with a driver's license that the cops are probably looking for. True. Like I got some issues. Mm-hmm. Who knows what, who Becky's calling. She may have already called and said, Hey, this guy just took off. Here's what he's driving. I, I don't know. Yeah. So I called the FBI agent. Her name is agent, special agent Candace Calderon from the Tampa police department okay. or pa- Tampa, Tampa FBI field office. Um, Really, really disliked me. I, I, <laughs> you I don't say. I believe you. <laughs> this woman was just like a zealot. Like, she just, she, like, and, you know, you think of the FBI, you always think of, like, professional law enforcement.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely not. Really? I mean, just, like, bottom of the barrel, just very unprofessional. So, she's like, you know, you need to turn yourself in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Ah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I said, what kind of a deal could I get? And she goes, she kept calling me sweetie. She's like, listen, sweetie, we're going to catch you eventually. And I go, oh, okay, well, what's taking you so long? (laughs) She goes, well, we're 90% sure where you are. I said, yeah, well, you know, that only counts with hand grenades, you know, and and horseshoes. You know, I'm like, yeah, like if you 90%, that's not going to cut it. Yeah. (laughs) You're like looking back at her, (laughs) and and she. I was like, so if you ever, you know. She goes. She goes. You'll fuck. I remember. She goes. You're going to screw up eventually. She goes. You're going to go home. You're going to see somebody. The neighbors will call. She said. You're going to get pulled over and get a ticket, and the cop will arrest you. She goes. You're going to get recognized. Um. She said. And somebody's she goes. And somebody's going to arrest you. She goes. And I went. I said, listen. I said, I've got. Oh, I ha- have over a dozen driver's licenses. I've got, I said, I've traveled in and out of the country on with, with, um, passports. I said, I've had three plastic surgeries. And I said, and there's nobody in Tampa that I want to see. I said, so if you ever want to have this conversation in person, you need to figure out what I'm lo- how much time I'm looking at. And she was like, I remember she started laughing. She goes, God, you are cocky. <laughs> and I said, like, well, I said, I mean, what do you want me to do? Like, you, you're, you're expecting me to turn myself in and hope for the best? Yeah, yeah. And she goes, and so she calls. She said, I'm going to call the U.S. attorney. And she goes, I'll call you back. What's your phone number? You know, as if she didn't already have the phone yeah. number. The, the phones were much different back then. Like, they, your, your, your ID didn't necessarily show up, right? Uh-huh. But she goes, I'll call you back. What's your phone number? And I went, no. Nah. I said, you're probably triangulating this phone or something. And she goes, "Oh, get over yourself. You're not that important." <laughs> Number one, most. And milded. I remember thinking, yeah. "Yeah, who do I think I am? Like, this is stupid. Like, they're not tracking me." But I still was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'll call you back." So I shut off the phone, and it, it turns out later, I got the Freedom of Information Act. And I found out she called immediately. Called the U.S. Marshals. The U.S. Marshals immediately had two agents. They called Verizon. Verizon told them where I'd purchased the phone, and they had two agents drive to the location and check. Wow. Wow. And I happened to, I was actually sitting, I actually waited like an hour at that location, and then I went and got back in the U-Haul van. There was like a subway there, and I ate lunch and played on my computer. And then I, I went and I, I got, um, got in, the, in the U-Haul van, and I started driving back to Charlotte, and I called her. And so when I called her, back she you know we went back and i actually called her a couple times back because she didn't have an answer Call her to say hi but eventually she talked to a u.s attorney u.s attorney said seven years but it turns out as we kept went back and forth back and forth it was seven years for tampa mm. oh. not not for georgia south carolina you know and i was like holy shit like if it's seven years for just that i'm done so I ended up saying like, you know, basically I, I ended up, ba- we got into an argument. I just, and I said, you know what, lady? I said, I wouldn't believe you if you told me water was wet. And I threw the phone out out of the, uh, out the window and drove all the way back to Charlotte. Parked the van, dropped, or dropped the van off. Took a taxi back to my apartment. They didn't have Ubers then. Took a taxi back to my apartment. Went into the parking garage to get my dro- my my car. Got my car. Drove across the street or just down the street to a Starbucks. And I remember thinking when I went to go get my car, I remember thinking like they were watching the car.
0: Yeah.
1: Like they're definitely here. You know, because by this point they I know they figured it out in South Carolina and they probably tracked me back to to Charlotte. So anyway, I got my car and I was remember feeling really okay after I got my car. And so I drove across, kind of across the street from my apartment complex and parked, and I went into a Starbucks, and I'm in the Starbucks, and I order, and then I'm standing there waiting for my, my order, and I look up, and there's two people from the apartment complex, two of the leasing agents, and they're having this, like, heated discussion while they're looking at me, hmm. and then suddenly one of them just turns around and bolts out the back of the Starbucks, and the guy is staring at me. He gets his order, and he's just standing there with, like, a plate, you know, the little foam is- thing of... Tray of coffee, staring at me, and I thought it was because I hadn't paid my rent because it's like the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing keep in mind, I've been driving all over the place. Like I have not paying my rent. Why would I pay my rent? I'm not. Com- I wasn't coming back there. So I get my coffee. I walk outside. He follows me outside. I get into my car. I put my stuff down. I'm situating everything. I put my seatbelt on. I'm situating it. And what I didn't know at the time was that the U.S. Marshals were interviewing the people at the apartment complex. Oh, at shit. that very moment. Oh, at that very moment. So point. she ran in there and told them, he's across the street of the Starbucks. <laughs> he's just getting so caught. So I started the car, and I'm, about, I'm basically about to pull out. When he starts screaming, he's right here. He's right here. Shit. Um, he drops, and this sounds stupid, he drops— the, th- the, ca- the coffees. He's screaming. He's right here. I look in the rearview mirror, and the two marshals – well, I found out later they were marshals. Like, I didn't know this at the time. I just saw two guys running at my car, and I punched it, and I, boom, zoom off down the street, which sounds dramatic. But, you know, they probably were two or 300 feet away, mm-hmm. and I was already leaving. But still, I take off. I drive about a mile or two down the street. I see four or five – well, I see three guys – huddled together, three homeless guys. I pull over and I survey them.
0: You survey them?
1: What was name Walter Holcomb? What was they? What was named? uh, Marion Carter Jr. And the other guy's name was shoot. Peg, James Peg. I think anyway, I get their information. I drive all the way to Nashville, Tennessee. I get driver's licenses and all their names. So I'll wrap it up. I go and I buy a bunch of houses. I buy like four houses oh. in a shitty area of Nashville, <laughs> refinance it, pull out three or four hundred thousand. Well, I pulled out about, about three, four hundred thousand dollars, buy some more houses, end up borrowing some more money. I end up borrowing, I want to say 3.5 million. After after and, your encounter with the marshals. Oh, yeah. After that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: And I was living as as... I was living as Marion Carter Jr. And everybody called me Carter. I was, you know, Joseph, Joseph, you know, it was Carter. He nicknamed himself casually. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be Mm Marion. Right. That's not, (laughs) that's not manly. And I didn't want to be a Joe. I'm not really a Joe. Uh, So I I went with Carter and uh, yeah, I borrowed, I started building some new houses, opened a little business, borrowed a bunch of money. We found out Dateline was coming out. I, I ended up dating this girl. So I ended up dating this new chick. Did she know you as Carter? The, the new chick? She knew me as Carter. At one point, she found out my name was was uh who I was. Uh-huh. She, you know, she kind of went snooping. Mm-hmm. Um, I was it was kind of by accident, you know. Um I we had a corporate lawyer. We opened a corporation. I have a corporate lawyer. I, I've got bank accounts. I'm, you know, kind of trying to acclimate myself back into just society <laughs> and hoping everything kind of dies down. Yeah. So, she ends up going on my computer one day to mail something to the corporate lawyer, and she goes into Word, in a, you know Microsoft Word, and she sees a letter. It says "letter to mom and dad," and she looks at it, and it's the Georgia Margaret Cox, and of course, I sign it, Matthew. Oh. So she looks up Matthew Cox, and she sees, "Oh my God, that's that's him." <clears throat> she did know I was. Some, she did know I was on the run. Oh, okay. But in her mind, she had kind of convinced herself that, like, I was maybe in the witness protection program or, like, I was like, look, I'm not going to talk about it. And if you dig, I'll leave. Mm-hmm. You find out who, what my real name is, I'll, I'll leave. But she did find out, and I knew she found out, and I didn't leave because I was in love, and I thought she was amazing, and I so I stayed like an idiot. And so then we found out Dateline was coming out, and they were going to do, like, a one-hour special because Becky had been caught in Texas. Oh, shit. Oh, no. And, uh, so Dateline's going to come out. And so I was going to go to Australia. Like we looked into how to become a permanent resident alien in Australia. And we were refinancing all of the houses. We we're going to pull out like, I don't know, four or 5 million and go to Australia. Shit. And I had a clean name. I had a clean passport in one of these guys' names and I, I could have gone there. They don't fingerprint you or anything. You can, if you show up with like a hundred thousand dollars and a business plan, you can stay. Oh, wow. So I was going to go to Australia and just before, you know, probably a few weeks before we were going to go. Um, the girl I was with, her name was Amanda. Amanda ended up confiding in a friend of hers who I was. She called the FBI. Or she called the secret oh service God. and negotiated a reward of $10,000. And the, secret service god they're cheap that's all they gave her yeah what's so funny is if you had if she'd come to me like i'd have given her half a million dollars yeah
0: literally yeah
1: like you could still call the fbi you could still call them just give me a head start yeah wow in in cash (laughs) so um but you know it didn't work out that way so she called them uh, they watched the house for a few days, and then one day, when I went, you know, I went home, and they grabbed me. Like it's more complicated than that, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to kill you guys um, no, I with love the it. time it <laughs> takes. But basically, yeah, I I come home one day, and sure enough, they, and they arrest me.
0: No way. So then, after that, did you just immediately like? How long did it take for you to kind of get fully convicted? Was that a long process, or did they bring you right your, in? Your and
1: your mic is like really low. Oh, is it? Is this better? You might. Um, well, I mean, yeah, you might want to turn it up. Or something. But anyway, yes. So how long before I was convicted? What do you mean? Like,
0: did it take a while to go? Like, did you just go to jail right away and then you were convicted? You were in prison for that long? No, or did it kind of bounce? It takes about a year. It takes about a year.
1: The process takes it six months to a year. And that's if you're pleading guilty. Mm-hmm. Like, the feds aren't in a hurry. Yeah. yeah. So I plead guilty. Um, I get 26 years. <sighs> I go to federal prison, um, and then uh, while I'm in federal prison, I get my sentence reduced twice. Oh, okay. So I had when I first got arrested, they asked me to be interviewed by Dateline. Mm-hmm. I was interviewed by Dateline, but at sentencing, they they said, "Well, we're, it's not enough to give him a reduction, so we're not going to reduce his sentence." Oh, uh, typically a reduction is when you cooperate against somebody. You snitch on somebody and they get arrested. They get arrested and then they give you time off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, every like nothing I told them uh, led to any arrests, right? So I end up, I do the Dateline interview, but I end up getting 26 years. They don't want to give me anything for it. So maybe a few years later, American Greed reaches out to my lawyer and me and they want to be interviewed. So I'm interviewed by American Greed. They say they'll, the government says, we'll give you a reduction for that. Mm. They don't. Then I, I, uh, a, a guy named uh, Jim Montrum that he runs a mortgage school, a national mortgage school that trains mortgage brokers. He reaches out and says, I'd like it if you'd write an ethics and fraud course that I can teach the mortgage brokers to help with their their continuing education courses. Mm-hmm. So I write that the U.S. attorney says, OK, I'll give you something for that. I write that. And then after it's done, she says, it's not enough. Oh, mm. Oh, geez. So then I get an attorney, a guy that's locked up in prison with me. He files a what's called a twenty two fifty five, and we file it and we fight the government. The government ends up reducing my sentence. They say, "Okay, fine, we'll reduce your sentence." This is a short version by seven years. Wow. So they knock seven years off. So now I'm at twenty. now, now I'm at nineteen years. Okay. I've already done seven years at this point. Oh shit! So then, as soon as I get back. To Coleman, after I, I go back up to Atlanta, get resentenced, come back, I'm walking around the compound with this guy named Ron Wilson. He's an older guy from South Carolina, ran a Ponzi scheme for fifty-seven million dollars. Hmm. So we're walking around. He's an old con man, and he's always complaining that he was actually cooperating in his case against his co-defendants. Oh, wow. So he's in the process of cooperating and get his sentence redu- hmm. reduced and he's like, oh, they're never going to reduce my sentence and this and that. And I was like, well, why do you think that? And he goes, because they think I've hidden Ponzi scheme money, money that he stole from pension funds and retirees and churches. Yeah. Oh. He thinks they think I've, I have hid that money. I said, well, you didn't hide the money, so don't worry about it. They can't withhold it. They have to, they'd have to prove that. Mm-hmm. He says this a bunch of times over the course of a month or two, and finally I go, why do you keep saying that? Like I told you, you know, you can always, we'll follow 2255. Like we'll make them give it to you. And he goes, can I trust you? And I went, probably not. (laughs) And he goes, kind of laughs about it. (laughs) And he goes, I did hide some money. (laughs) I go, really? And he goes, yeah. He said, you know, my wife has about 150000 in cash. My brother's got about 30000 I said okay. He said, "You know, but my wife found out I'm having an—I was having an affair, and I'm afraid she's going to just to fuck me over." She's—they were in the process of a divorce. He was afraid she would go in and say, "Hey, he gave me this money just to fuck him." Mm-hmm. And I said, I, "I doubt she'll do that." And he's like, "Ah, oh, you don't know her. she's vengeful. She's spiteful." Wow. I said, "Okay." And I remember thinking, like, that's not enough to get my sentence reduced. Mm-hmm. like calling the fbi that's not enough yeah i know what you're thinking you're thinking no no matt you need to do the right thing and just do the rest of your time and man up well you're wrong about that every man for himself fuck it's everybody for himself like i'm not for what you know why would i stay in prison any longer than i have to to impress a bunch of what criminals true so um so i didn't this is what always kills me I didn't say anything like I didn't do anything for the longest time. Like literally like a month later, I called my attorney because she was supposed to have ordered my transcripts from my from my um, when I got resentenced Mm -hmm. and I wanted to add it to my memoir. So I said, hey, I want my transcripts. You know, you said you were going to get them. She goes, oh, yeah, Matt, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'll get it. And she goes, she goes, okay. I'll have them ordered. No problem. I said, "Okay, thanks. And she goes, hey, she said, how's everything going? I said, it's okay. Like, this woman never wanted to talk to me before. Yeah, And I was like, it's fine. And she goes, anything happening in there? <laughs> like, what could be <laughs> happening? <laughs> i like, I said, no. She said, okay, you sure? And I went, I go, you know what? Let me bounce something off you. And I said, there's a guy named Ron Wilson in here that, you know, I explained the situation. Yeah. She goes, hold on. She looks him up on the computer. She She's, oh, wow, this is a bad guy. And to be honest, I liked Ron, Um, and and she said like never never did anything for me, never did anything to me, but like I wouldn't invest with him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, good call. Um, So he uh, or she goes, she goes, let me make some phone calls. I go, okay. So about a week later, I get a call to what's called SIS. It's like the internal security. It's a special investigative service inside the, FBI, or inside the uh, Bureau of Prisons. Mm-hmm. So they call me in there, and I walk, in. I'm like, yeah, what's up? They go, the guy, lieutenant goes, sit down. I go, okay. He picks up the phone. And he goes, you got to talk to this guy. I go, hello? And the guy goes, this is Agent, um, his name was Griffin. This is Agent Griffin with the FBI. I understand that you know where, where Ron Wilson hid money. <clears throat> and I go, oh, no, 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 no. I said I want something in writing that says you're going to cut my sentence. And he goes, "Well, do what do you know?" And I said, "I know. I don't know where millions are, but I know where, let's say, several hundred thousand is." And he said, "I said, and I don't think you guys will charge him for this anyway. You already gave him 19 years." I said, "So if you I recover any money at all, I want a sentence cut." So he's okay. So I get on. He gets on my email list, right? Like you have There's like a list. It's not really email, but it's kind of like it's like whatever. So we start trading back and forth and he sends me a letter from the U S attorney saying that they'll cut my sentence. If he, there's an indictment or substantial amount of money is recovered. Well, so then I tell them, this is what he told me. They then request that they want to interview both Ron Wilson's wife and his brother. His wife comes in and gives them $300,000 in gold silver and cash. His brother comes in and gives them almost 200,000. So Wilson comes up to me like a week later and says, I'm going back. Or, I'm, 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 I'm going back to South Carolina and we're in Florida. And I went, why? What happened? <laughs> and he goes, I've been reindicted. And I went, Oh, <laughs> you're kidding me. That's no. crazy. And he goes, yeah, yeah. They reindicted me. He said, my sister or my, my wife and my brother turned in half a million dollars and I went half a million. I said, they had half a, I said, I thought you said like your wife had like a hundred thousand. He goes, ah, I know. He said, I didn't want to tell you the right amount. You know, I didn't know if I could trust you. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's insulting. <Ron. laughs> um, so I said, you know, he goes, well, I'm going back to South Carolina and he said, uh, What do you think I should do? I said, I think you should go to trial. <laughs> because I figured if he went to trial, they'd call me as a witness and I'd get to testify against them. And that's the best kind of sentence reduction you can get where you actually testify. <laughs> oh my him. God. So <laughs> uh, I was thinking. like, Don't you oh take any God. shit from these people, Ron. <laughs> you hold <laughs> up. You go to trial. You man <laughs> up. Don't take shit from them. They Obama. got nothing on you. So anyway. <laughs> He goes back. He pleads guilty. <laughs> 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 he pleads guilty. He doesn't go to trial, unfortunately. He, <laughs> he can't call him pleads like, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just. So he pleads guilty. And um, so we go back to the government. and We say, hey, the guy pled guilty. He got six more months. His wife and brother got probation, like one year probation. Um, I think one of them had to do like a hundred hours of community service. Um, so go back to the, we go to the U S attorney and say, Hey, well, I want my sentence reduced. And they say, I don't even know what you're talking about No, I said, what? So we file a We file a 2255 again, that same lawyer that was locked up with me, filed it again. And the government comes back and says, Your Honor, we don't know what Mr. Cox is talking about. So then I mail a copy of the letter that they had written to the Secret Service agent that gave me the letter. And the judge says, I'm ordering an evidentiary hearing (laughs) because he now knows that the government's lying. And the government comes back and they say, of course, they send a lawyer out to talk to me. And the lawyer says, look, they'll reduce it by one level, which was like 20 months. We argue back and forth, back and forth over the next few months. I get them all the way up to... Sixty months, five years off my sentence. Wow. They say okay, they reduce my sentence by five years. I'm basically a year and a half away from going home. At that point, wow. I got about get about seven months halfway house. So I I did about nine or t- about about a year. I did roughly a year after that, wow. and I and I ended up in the halfway house. That's Man, that damn. is the short version of the story. I mean, if I could go on and on, tell you all the quick <clears throat> twists and turns, and that's, that's so wild. Yeah, what a what a wild
2: roller coaster of a. Uh, that's crazy they didn't
0: like uh also honor
1: any of the shit that they told you they were going to do. That's No. Ridiculous. They don't like me. I'm not I mean I know that you guys look at me and you guys think cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> These guys the, the government doesn't look at me like that. They don't like me. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> they don't like me. So um you know while I was incarcerated like I wrote my memoir and then I wrote um I wrote. Uh, have you ever seen War Dogs? Yeah, remember no, we talked about this. Uh, <laughs> you were his cellmate, right, Ephraim's? I wasn't his cellmate. Oh. I was. Uh, he was in actually in another unit, but I, I ended up writing his. I wrote his memoir. His, okay. his version of it, right? Yes, his version. So I wrote his memoir, and uh, I wrote another of these guys. I wrote a book called Oxy Rush. I got a book deal for that. Uh, they were in. I got them in Rolling Stone magazine. I optioned the film rights to that. Um, I, got I, I wrote like six books wow. and about two dozen, uh, short stories. And, uh, so when I got out of prison, you know, I started a podcast and, you know, published, you know, most of the books on are they're on Amazon, mm-hmm. except for the Devaroli book. Uh, he, he, um, you know, he has control of that book and I think it is on, it's on, there's an e-version of it. Oh Yeah. Um, so yeah, I ended up suing him, you know, he never paid me, uh, as for, and so I had to sue him. So I ended up suing him and we, he settled with me and, uh, yeah, I've got, that's it. I've, I've wrote a bunch of books. I got out, I published the books, I do a podcast and that's what I'm doing now. That
3: is incredible.
1: That's an insane, you insane think,
0: <laughs> <laughs> story.
3: I've right.
1: optioned four of the stories that I wrote and I'm working on other ones right now. So I got a couple of being turned into Documentaries. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. I can't wait so, to see that. They
0: need to do a Netflix series
1: about you. Yeah, they do. Like, That'd be so I interesting. Know, I, know, and I would love that. That would yeah. be incredible. I would, I would love to do that. That would be great. But I'm not, you know, the few times I've, I've got, a I've, few times I've pursued that, things have happened. They were supposed to be a Netflix. There's a company called um, Blumhouse Productions. And, oh, they've done everything. Like, they've done a ton of stuff. So I was supposed to go out and sign, like, a contract with them. Uh and then COVID hit. Oh uh, um, yeah. So like it was a time I was supposed to fly out and then COVID hit two weeks before I was supposed to leave. So it kept get then it got pushed back. They had to vacate their offices, they had to stop production. Then a bunch of projects got put back. And you know, within six months of just being spun, you realize like it's not gonna happen. Within a year, the people that I was working with now left and they're working for other places. Oh, oh shit. So, you know, it just the whole thing just fell apart. So you know, and I haven't pushed it as much as I should, but whatever. I mean, I, I, you know, like I'm doing great. I, I'm thrilled yeah. with how things are going. And your so. channel
0: gets like, it's, I mean, I watched a shit ton of your videos on the channel. Like that's, you had like a seven hour of like your whole story.
1: Oh yeah. It's, that's nuts. It's, <laughs> yeah. And what's so funny is like people watch it. Yeah. People like. I got as far as I like could. Like you guys got, you guys got bits and pieces, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. But it, in the seven hours, I'm able to really mm-hmm. explain, like, here's how I went about doing this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can, you know, you have time to explain the whole thing.
0: Well, even, like, that's why you go on concrete all the time, too, because there was just so much to talk about. It's years like, of
1: story, yeah. Years of stories. Oh, yeah. I did the concrete version I did <sighs> is over two hours. Mm-hmm. And that's just getting up to me getting arrested. Yeah. Then me going to prison, that's another two hours Yeah, of all the stuff that happened when I was in prison. Because you got a very... Quick version. Yeah. So yeah, that's Incredible. crazy. Yeah,
0: are you? So I saw something like I think I was at the I was at a restaurant the other day and there was a commercial that you were in. Are you doing like what was it like home title? What was it?
1: What is it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do home title lot commercials okay. for, to, to protect people against these <laughs> scumbags. These scumbags out here stealing people's title. How could they? not right (laughs)
0: it's not right
1: (laughs) oh my god all right so i'm just trying to do the right thing
0: yeah
2: (laughs) do you find it hard Uh, to to not get back into stuff like that when you know how easily how easy it could be
1: done oh bro i think about it like all the time yeah like you know all the time but you know what are you gonna you know listen things are and things are good here like you know it's people don't even realize how good it is out here yeah right like you're like if you had everything stripped away from you for five or ten years, and you walked out, you'd be like, "Oh my god, like e- like you can be living in the projects, not have a job, be on food stamps, and still living amazingly mm-hmm. it might put your a lot
3: into perspective when you serve a little bit of time, you see like what you're yep. missing like, i mean that's the one that you can't get back is time
1: exactly so that's what's really so, i mean imagine you. getting out mm. i'm 49. i was forty nine years old when I got out wow. like i just turned fifty i turned fifty three so um you know, forty nine years old, starting over from scratch, I owe six million dollars in restitutions. Like that's not
2: a great that's not great. Do they that's, um like garnish just like any money you make or do you have to like pay
1: it back in like lump sums? How does that work? Well no, I mean think about it. They, they you know, not in any money. Everyone always says that. so they take all your money? but well, bro, I mean I'm not all of it. Yeah. Um you know, I I what they do is they take like anything I make over like I pay I have to pay a hundred dollars a month and anything I make over like four thousand dollars they take twenty five percent of. Okay.
0: Okay. And that just goes until you know, that.
1: Right. Paid. So sometimes I make. Sometimes I pay eight hundred dollars a month. Sometimes I pay one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Sometimes it's five hundred. Sometimes it's three. You know, it changes every month depending on what I make. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> so yeah, but you know, hopefully this YouTube thing works out.
0: Well it seems like it's going really good for you yeah, so far. Like I it. mean you've yeah. got such an interesting story too that it's something that people want to listen to, engage with. I mean
2: Yeah, you've done enough where you don't really need to go back. Like now you got your own story that you could yeah. tell and you could make a lot with that, I think. Um, especially if you get yeah, like Well, a, and I like interviewing people. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, it, it it's it, it's fun. It's interesting. You get so many different perspectives and stories and it's cool to hear. It's like lives. a life that
3: you've never seen. You get to interview somebody and see like, okay, fuck that guy's life's crazy. Like you're like you, all bullshit aside, like, you know, whatever you did, like your story's insane. You're a very good speaker. And obviously, you know, you're very smart. Cause you couldn't figure that out stuff yeah. out without being smart. So that obviously rolls over to anything you do. So
0: right. books, <clears throat> short
3: stories, podcasts. I mean, if you're intelligent, passports. you're intelligent passports.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I appreciate it. Let's, you know. I'll tell you in another, if hopefully things keep going well for the next year or so. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And, uh, cause I, I keep feeling like once YouTube kind of pays, if I can get to the point where YouTube pays for my bills, mm-hmm. then I can double down on yeah, it. Right. Exactly.
3: You know, the shorts,
1: like right now I'm juggling, you know, it's so like, I get a little bit here, a little bit here and a little bit here. And by the end of the month, it pays all my bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but if I can get to the point where you're just doing YouTube and it's paying your bills, then you can just double down on YouTube. Yeah, and that's when it starts. Shorts is—I
3: don't know if you've seen the YouTube Shorts stuff. They're changing their monetization with that, that in February, so I think they're gonna be paying a ridiculous amount for YouTube Shorts because they're trying to push it to be more like TikTok. You know,
1: yeah, yeah like, You gotta get. I mean, what they really should do is they should get a lobbyist to lobby Congress to shut down TikTok,
0: a hundred percent, and then,
1: and then raise the shorts from 1 minute up to 3 minutes mm-hmm. and then everybody on will shift all that data will come immediately there and it shouldn't be hard there's already there are already bills in congress to shut down tiktok
3: they want to shut that shit down bad yeah they do bad oh, yeah.
1: i want them to shut it down yeah yeah i'd rather it all i'd rather it go to youtube like, The payments. You know, i have Yeah. Well, not just that. It's just that like YouTube, like, you know, to me, like TikTok is, it's, it's partially, it's partially owned and operated by the CCP. I feel like they're gathering information. I feel like they're letting, you know, I I feel like it has control over all kinds of things. There's all kinds of applications that they can use. And more and more people are, are on it. And it's very polarizing. If I feel like it really separates people. Like, I've never seen people so separated and and a lot of it, I feel like, is that platform. Yeah.
0: It has, like, changed, I think, the Social. entire culture of the country and I think just really the fast, world, to be too. honest with you, in, like, two years. Yeah. Well, even in uh, Texas, I think it was, they passed something that... Um, no government agents can have TikTok. No government agents can have TikTok because it can pick up audio. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and there, it's collecting information. Yeah. It's collecting your habits. It's collecting, like, you know, there's just... It just doesn't... It doesn't make sense like for anybody to be collecting that data.
3: I feel like it's way more than what people even expect that they're gathering. Like for sure. I feel like we're just scratching the surface of what people say on news of what they're gathering. I feel like it's way, way, way more in depth than people think.
1: A hundred (laughs) percent. For sure. Of course, they took my channel down. They did? No way. Yeah. What? Like I'm all against. I I had a, I had a, a clips channel on there for inside true crime or it's like Matt Cox inside true crime. And they, you know, I kept getting violations because, you know, cause we're just, I'm talking about with criminals yeah. and they're saying criminal things and they kept fucking, you know, and then they kept giving me violations. And then one day they just took the channel down. No. I had like 50,000, no, I had 60,000 subscribers and it's just, Gone. you know,
0: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's fuck all the hard work too. Like that's, unacceptable
2: yeah. real real unethical guys over there
0: awesome. <laughs> 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 exactly
2: i love it yeah this I mean, has been amazing yeah thank you this so much so yeah. Appreciate this has been a lot sure. of
0: fun hearing your story let's definitely I, I would love to
2: have you back on again yeah, we next need another one. And, and just
0: dive even deeper into yeah. some of these um you know
2: areas of your life but yeah and, yeah, and hopefully last. and hopefully we can help, do it in person help, help drive some traffic <laughs> towards yeah. you
1: as well all right well i i Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. Let me know. Before we end, Matt. You have my cell number now. Yeah, Yeah. before before (laughs) we
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate Appreciate it. it. This was fun. Thank Thank you you. guys for watching. Peace. Later. All right, cool. Awesome.